0: Mr. Frequency,
2: soft, smooth, romantic hands. Jurgen's lotion. Jergens, the makers of Jergens Lotion for soft, smooth, romantic hands, present The Amazing Nero Wolf, starring Francis X. Bushman as Nero Wolf, the celebrated criminologist, and Elliot Lewis as Archie. If you've ever been spattered by an enthusiastic puppy who's been out in the rain, then you can sympathize with Nero Wolf's feelings about his secretary, Archie Goodwin. No umbrella is wide enough, no raincoat large enough to protect the corpulent detective against Archie's enthusiastic splashing in the field of crime. Perhaps it's poetic justice, then, that Archie should also be victimized in his turn by a blundering St. Bernard in the person of one minus, so-called because he's minus one brain. Hi, Archie. Hmm? Oh, minus. Hello. I
3: was, uh... I'm waiting for you. Oh, don't think I'm not flattered, Minus. But doesn't anybody else ride in that cab of yours? Suppose huh? I want to walk home. Mister Wolf don't like you to do that, Archie.
1: Well, I'm overwhelmed by his solicitude. Yeah. Huh? Oh, skip it.
3: Look, no. Minus, would it be all right with you if I breathed a little fresh air? No, that's all right with me. Like I heard a guy say, "Live and leave live."
1: <laughs> well, then let's leave live by all means. Okay.
3: <coughs> Unharness the horsepower. Huh? What horse? No, never mind, drive Oh, yeah You, uh, you was visiting a dame?
1: Visiting? Mm-hmm, yeah A dame, well... Hey, Arch Mm, Yeah?
0: Is it, is it true what they say about dames?
1: Definitely I mean, what do they
3: say about them? Well, some fellas say, well, that dames, uh Well, that they is the moistenary type is that a fact? Uh, frankly, Minus, I wouldn't know. No dame has been moistenary with me since the seventh grade in P.S. 198. Uh, that was the year when I cornered the Miggies market, you know. Huh? <laughs> How'd she make out? Well,
4: I had to take up checkers after
3: she got through with me. <laughs> hey, watch that red light, Minus. How can I watch the light to see where I'm driving at the same time? Well, you got two eyes, haven't you? Yeah, but they both see the same thing. Ain't that surprising? <laughs> <laughs> Almost as amazing as the ears business. No, that ain't so, Archie. Oh, look, don't tell me you hear different things with each ear. No, only my left ear don't hear nothing. The, uh, the drum has been punctuated. Punctuated? Pardon me while I go into a comma. Hey, Archie, you know, I got a lot of commas. Will you say that again, Minus, slowly? I'm loaded with commas. And you know how come? I just bought a book for a
1: quarter. You bought a book? Minus, can you
3: read? No, not good, but, uh, Heck, Archie! I didn't buy the book for reading. <laughs> no.
1: Oh, silly of me! Of course not. Nobody buys a book for reading. What did you buy it for?
3: Sitting. You see, Archie, this ain't a new cab. Oh, it isn't. No. And the driver's seat has been sagging. See, did the, the springs in it give up?
1: Archie and the springs—we both give up.
3: Well, I got to have springs on account that I was beginning to sit so low I could only see the sky when I was driving. You know, Archie, the sky's a beautiful thing them colors or oh, them sunsets. Oh, Minus, you have poetry in your soul. Yeah, but I didn't have no springs in me seat. So when I seen this big fat book for only a quarter, I bought it. Now, now I sit on the book. And, and... no more sunsets. Huh? Uh, would it be indelicate to inquire what book you're sitting on? I mean, the title. Oh, big words. Uh, something about the improvement of the, the understanding. <laughs>
1: Minus you couldn't have bought a better book for the purpose Now that the improvement of the under is out of print, of course A serial, huh? Yeah, no paper
5: hey, hey, hey. <coughs>
3: oh, hey, Arch, said that the car nearly sucked us. Well, sock it back huh? Never mind, just let it get past us Yeah, but it don't want to See, it's sitting it right at us again Well, pull ahead fast, maybe you can get out of its way Whoever's driving it must be nuts yeah, Well, I gotta get out of the way then <laughs> Hey, hey, no, no, the guy's shooting at us what do they be thinking of next? About improving their aim, I guess. That car's behind us. I can't see who's at the wheel, but whoever it is, I don't like them. Minus, can you speed up a little? Well, I'll try, but this cab ain't got but one speed. <laughs> Ooh, oh, that was close. It's pulling up on us. Minus, see that lunch wagon up ahead? Yeah. Drive right up the front steps. Yeah, but Archie, I ain't hungry. Do what I tell you. It's our only chance. we got to attract attention and companionship. Are you lonely, Archie? Minus!
2: The Amazing Nero Wolf, brought to you by the makers of Juergens Lotion, will continue in just a moment. But first, this is Jim Bannon, who lately heard a nice woman say to her son...
0: About your welcome home party, dear, we must ask Dorothy.
2: Okay, Mother, if you say so.
0: Well, you don't sound enthusiastic, dear. Don't you like Dorothy? She's such a nice girl.
2: Oh, she's a nice girl, I guess, but... But, well, gosh, Mother, does she have to have such red, rough hands? No, no girl has to have rough hands no matter what work she does. There's Jergens Lotion, and Jergen gives the hands very efficient softness protection. And now you know Jergen's lotion is more effective than ever. During the war we made discoveries about skin care, which Jergens scientists used to make Jergens lotion even finer. Women say this post war Jergens lotion protects even longer, makes the hands feel even smoother and softer. It's in the stores now, same bottle. So don't let rough hands handicap you. Just be surer than ever now and help keep your hands delightful with Jergens Lotion. And now back to the Jergens Lotion program, The Amazing Nero Wolf, starring Francis X. Bushman and Elliot Lewis. <laughs>
3: Minus, you all right? I ain't sure. Hey, Archie. Look what I got sitting in me lap. A radiator. A hot number, huh? Drop it. Okay. Ow.
1: Get easy. Hey, Minus, you better climb out of it. The...
3: Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Archie. Well, I must have cut my jugular vein. I'm bleeding to death. Yeah, let me see. Uh-huh. Mortuary, huh? Archie, I'm leaving you the cab. Minus, that isn't blood. Taste it. Taste? Okay. Hey, ketchup. Good, huh? Oh, a pistol packing monster must have scrammed. Come on, we better get home.
1: Hey, uh, what do you mean driving into my wagon like this? Oh, uh, we thought it was a drive in, you know. We'll to the,
3: the dog. What do uh, you want? A handbag around a bun. I already got the catch, you know. Minus. Uh,
1: Look, mister, it was an accident. Here's a couple of bucks. We'll send a towing car to get the cab out of your joint, but we're in
3: a hurry at the moment. Minus. Yeah? Grab that sitting book and let's go. What do you want the book for? You want something to read? Not exactly, but I could use something to improve my understanding. So you see, Mr. Wolf, how narrowly we escaped a fate worse than death. Archie, no histrionics, please. Oh. Now, your conclusion. Oh, uh, the book. Nobody loves me well enough to kill me. Minus hadn't been bothered before he bought that book, therefore. It seems probable. Minus? Huh? Oh, I was just looking into this here volume. Hey, listen to what this guy says. Hmm? There is a devil haunts thee in the likeness of an old fat man. A ton of man is thy companion. <laughs> hey, Archie. Was he writing about Mr. Wolfe? I found, found you, minus Then he says, "Peace, ye fat guts, lie down." Yeah. And the other guy says, "Have you any levers to lift me up again, being down?" <laughs> hey Archie, the guy who wrote that must have been acquainted with your boss. Blast you! He's been dead for three hundred years. That was from Henry the Fourth, Part One, Act Two, Scenes Two and Four, by one William Shakespeare.
1: I never heard of him. Why well, he's a fairly well-known type English playwright, minus.
3: But then, who was he writing about? Uh, somebody called Falstaff, I think. Falstaff. Falstaff. Oh, you mean that poet on on the radio with Fred Allen? For the time uh-huh. being, minus. We will accept that definition. Now let me see that book. Yeah, here you are, Mister Wolf. Found uh, with... Yes, false cover, and underneath. Good heavens. Huh? The first folio Shakespeare. Is that bad? Are you sure, boss? Quite sure. Well, well, then, no wonder Minus and I were targets for tonight. Boss, how much is that thing worth? Thousands, Archie. Heaven alone knows how many. Holy gee. Hey, Archie, I got a bargain. You're likely to get a few bullets for the same price,
2: too. I uh, hope I'm not a good prophet. Shall I scream for help, boss, or open the door? Open the
3: door. I'm curious to see who it is. Okay. And if I die, I will have died for literature. Hello? I'd rather live. Hello? May I come in? You'd better. If my eyes pop any further, they'll fall out of my face. Very sweet of you to say that. Yeah, Archie, will you shut that blasted door? Mm -hmm. Mr. Wolf's getting restless. This way, please. By the way, my name is Archie. I'm Susan Lee. Susan beautiful name. Oh, uh, Mr. Wolf. Miss Lee. Mm-hmm. Hey, Archie. Oh, yes. Minus. Miss Lee. <laughs> we have met him before.
0: Oh, oh, yes. You're the gentleman I sold the wrong book
3: to. <laughs> sure. Uh, she's the name of Crown Bookstore. Oh, uh, this book, Miss Lee?
0: Yes, yes, that's the one, Mr. Wolf. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, but I really shouldn't have sold that
3: book. Why not?
0: Well, I... Uh, I'm very attached to it.
3: Oh, indeed.
0: Yes, you see, I, I went to school with its author.
3: Oh, you carry your 300 years very well, Susan. Oh. Oh, well, I. Ah, she means, of course, that Spinoza, who wrote The Improvement of the Understanding, lived 300 years ago.
0: Why, yes, of course he did. Uh, what I meant was that I studied the book in high school.
3: Spinoza in high school?
0: Well, it was a. a a very progressive school.
3: Yes, no doubt. And you're a very bad liar.
0: How dare you say a thing like that? I'm just trying to... Oh, I... I am a bad liar, aren't I?
3: Among the poorest in my long experience of liars. Why do you want the book, Miss Lee?
0: Because I'll lose my job if I don't get it back. Mr. Garvey was furious. He's my boss. He owns the Crown Bookstore.
3: I see. Tell me, Miss Lee... Did Minus leave his name, address, and probable whereabouts uh,
0: when he bought the book? No, of course not. But you see, his buying a book on philosophy seems so odd Oh, yeah? I...
3: <laughs> well, I'll have you know, young lady, that I'm a student of... Presu...
0: A presu... A... of what you said. Yes. So I noticed his license number. And then when Mr. Garvey returned and made such a fuss about the book, I called the police and they told me that that cab had just entered a lunch wagon. I went to the lunch wagon, and, well, here I am. So you are.
3: However, I'm afraid Minus has grown attached to the book. As he said, he's a student of philosophy. Therefore, I'm afraid he's quite determined to let the purchase stand. Oh, but
0: he can't. I'll lose my job. Well,
3: perhaps he'll help you find another one. Oh, but
0: that's unfair. The book only cost a quarter, and I'm willing to pay him for his lost time. Can
3: you assess the risk of death, Miss Lee? What? Minus was almost killed as a result of his innocent desire for the higher thoughts. Yes. Me too. Be still, Archie. Mm-hmm. You never had a higher thought in your life. Okay. You
2: take the higher thoughts and I'll take the lower thoughts, and I better have a lot more fun than you.
0: How can you joke about something that's so serious to me? Uh,
3: Archie, take Miss Lee back to her bookstore. You will explain to Mr. Garvey that the purchaser of the book is an opinionated and stubborn character who refused to return it. Who, me? And that may help absolve Miss Lee of the responsibility. And now, good night. But, but I... Sorry, I'm... Susan. He's got his eyes closed, and when he does that, it's a lost cause.
0: Come on, we'll go see Mr. Garvey. If necessary, I'll knock him down for you. All right. It is sweet of you. Oh, think nothing Thank of it. You. Uh, Susan? Hmm? May I call you Miss Lee...
3: You know, Susan, I should have bought more books in the past.
0: Why, Archie? Well, then I might have met you sooner, and my life might have been a far, far better one than it is now. Oh, is anything seriously wrong with it? Well, nothing that a good woman couldn't cure. I mean, uh, bookstore. Well... Is this your little corner of learning? Yes, when I think of what Mr. Garvey will say. Oh, well, let's go in. All righty. Books. Mm-hmm, lots of them. Well, then why is Garvey so upset about the one you sold? I don't know, Archie, but... Hey, this is funny. What is? Mr. Garvey, he should be here. Oh, maybe he's shy. Oh. I would well, Archie! Yeah, I heard that.
3: See it come from the back.
0: He must be in the stockroom.
3: I think we'd better take stock then. You stay out here.
2: Archie, you don't let's think... Let's suspend intellectual operations for a minute, huh? This the door? Yes. Uh-huh. I'll see what... Oh. Susan? Yes? This Garvey?
0: Has anything happened to him? Oh. oh. Yes, Archie. That's Mr. Garvey.
2: Better start looking for another job, Susan. Oh, no. Oh, yes. He's dead. You got that phone. No, let me. Must be Wolf. This is no time for the kind of phone conversations he likes. Yeah? Archie? Uh-huh. Dead? Very. Bullets. How long? Just now.
3: Notify the police. Yeah. Instruct them to compare the bullets with which he was shot with those embedded in minus cab. Then come home alone. Right.
2: Hey, wait a minute. Who do you think is dead?
3: Garvey, naturally.
2: What's natural about it?
3: Shakespeare, Henry IV, Part One. Yours God a Death. And that, Mr. Wolf, is the story of my adventures among the books. Uh, and Miss Lee. Very nice. I mean she was upset. The police. Upset, too, but not nice. I see. No arrests? yet? No, they got a couple of guys in mind. On uh, what evidence? They were seen reading a book. Ah, Archie, you dismay me. Oh, that's not what I do to Miss Lee. I think I'll go to sleep and dream about Miss Lee. Fiddlesticks, you have work to do. At this hour? At this hour. Uh, take this, please. What is it? A list of first folios in New York, the names of their owners and their telephone numbers. Mm we not a dame in the lot. Nevertheless, I want you to phone each and every one of them. But, boss, it's one o'clock in the morning. True. But you see, it is possible the one from whom that folio was stolen still hasn't realized his loss. Once he does, he'll call the police, which will only lead to confusion. Whereas if we get hold of him tonight, it would lead to our getting a fee. Why not? has an air of sharp practice, Mr. Wolf. Yes. You and Minus must meet to discuss it sometime. In the meanwhile, Archie, the phone. You
1: know, boss, I thought I knew everything one angry man could call another, but these Shakespeare collectors, they know words I never even heard of.
3: The higher education, no doubt. Oh, I wouldn't exactly call it higher. Higher. Hello. Boss? Hello. What's this one called? James Blitheroe. Uh,
1: Mr. Blitheroe? Yes. Yes,
3: what do you want? Uh, you own the first folio Shakespeare, do you not, sir? If this is the Gallup Hole.
2: Oh, uh, what she... is it? Will you take a look and see if your folio is where it should be? Merchant? You... What do you mean? I'm speaking for Nero Wolfe, the private detective. I think it might be worth your while to check. It's
3: kept under lock and key in my library, of course. Uh, but hold on, young man. Right-o. Blitheroe? He's going to look. Boss, if he finds his book in there
1: and starts yelling Shakespeare at me, we'll be all right if I answer him in the choice language of 10th Avenue. Yeah. Hello?
3: Hello? Uh, yes, Mr. Blitheroe. My folio. It's gone. Jackpot,
2: boss.
3: Ask him to call in the morning. Uh, uh,
2: Mr. Blitheroe, if you'll call here in the morning, Mr. Wolf will be able to help you. Good night, sir. Uh, 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 this is a joke. Mr. Wolf never jokes where large sums of money are concerned. At 11 tomorrow morning, Mr. Blitheroe, good night, sir.
3: I think he'll come. Satisfactory. And now to bed, Archie. The morning promises to be a pleasant and remunerative one. Uh-huh. Except for Mr. Garvey, who won't know that it's morning. <laughs>
5: Archie. Uh,
3: Archie! I heard it. Downstairs. Hey, quickly. A burglar! Quickly, it is. Watch out, watch out, wherever you are. Ah, the office. Who's in the oh, office? You want to play, you... Oh. Uh, confound this getting up and walking... In the middle of the night. Uh, I shall double my fee on this case.
1: Archie!
3: Uh, My office.
1: Archie?
3: If that young fool has got himself murdered, I'll... What'll you do? Fire me? Uh, Bah. Get up. Sure, hold the floor down a minute, will you? Ooh. 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 Why will people persist in hitting me on the head? They want to avoid hurting you. Oh, fine. Uh, this room is a shambles. That's yeah, a great time to be worrying about the room when Hey, the burglar has departed. Where'd you put that folio? In my desk. Desk? Yes. Door's open. Mr. Wolf, it's my duty to inform you that we are no longer the proud possessors of a first folio Shakespeare. Fiddlesticks. You yeah, also drat it and old fudge, but that big brown book is gone, Mr. Wolf. So it is. But that false cover was no longer a cover for the folio, Archie. I removed the folio itself from between the covers... And substituted.
5: (laughs) You substituted what? Your
3: priceless collection of old Esquires. (laughs) Ah, good coffee. But I still don't forgive you for practically giving away my Esquires. Boss, you know, thinking back over the events of last night, I have come to a conclusion...
6: Yes,
2: the
3: only one who could have swiped the folio was Susan. Indeed, sure. Oh, but
2: oh, there's only one difficulty, which is, uh, well, whoever it was that I wrestled with last night wasn't Susan. Huh? how do you know? Well, uh, well, the subject's a delicate one, but it was not Susan. Uh, I see. Mm-hmm.
3: And why do you think it could only have been Miss Lee? Well, because she was the only one who knew we had the stolen folios. The door, Archie. Wait a minute. Somebody else knew. Precisely. And I rather think he's pressing our doorbell. Archie! Uh Uh-huh. I will promptly sock him. Nonsense. Let me do it. I assure you, it will hurt him more. Huh? (laughs) I guess you're
2: right at that. Ah, come in, sir. Thank you. Mr. Wolf? Straight ahead. Or
3: do you already know your way in? I beg your... Ah, you're Mr. Wolf. Yeah. Be seated, Mr. Blitherow. Your first folio, Shakespeare, was stolen sometime yesterday. Do you want it back? Of course, ma'am. And can you get it for My fee will be $1,000. Archie will accept your check. A thousand dollars? Well, what guarantee do I have this? None. Unless you prefer to have me remember last night and prosecute you for burglary and assault. Oh, this is ridiculous. Oh, be still. Or perhaps you acquired those bruises on your face while shaving. Well, I, I admit I, I didn't trust you. I did try to recover my own property. But, uh, well, here's your check. Thank you. And keep
2: those esquires in a safe place, you
3: know. Now, Mr. Wilk. Mr. Blithrow. Did you have the folio insured? Certainly. For $100,000. Huh? You seem surprised. But every collector does that. True. But does every collector thereupon plot to have his folio stolen so that he can receive his insurance while retaining ownership of the folio at the same time? Mr. Rook, you're mad. Sit down and be quiet. When you burgled this place last night, you departed hastily with a large brown book on its cover, the title the improvement of the understanding. Now, Mr. Blitherow, how did you know that the folio had been bound in a false cover for one thing and in that particular one for another? So sure that you didn't even bother to examine the insides. Uh, well, I I, I... I, Because, Mr. Blitherow, you hired Mr. Garvey to steal it from you and keep it until you had collected your insurance. Boss, that means Garvey may have tried to double-cross him, so he killed Garvey. Hey, no. No, I didn't do that. I admit I did plan to defraud the insurance people, but I didn't commit murder. Then what were you doing near the bookstore last night? I I was just passing by. I thought I might stop him to speak to Garvey, make sure that everything was all right. Well, why didn't you? Well, The
1: store was dark.
3: Uh, Just a minute... How did you know I was near the store? I didn't until you told me just now. Boss,
1: my congratulations. That
2: was as neat a trap as I've ever seen. And it puts the lid on Mr. Blifferow. Oh,
3: indeed, Archie. Then perhaps you can explain why Miss Lee has just surreptitiously entered the room with a uh. That is a revolver in your hand, isn't it, Miss Lee? <laughs>
2: The amazing Nero Wolf brought to you by the makers of Juergen's Lotion will continue in just a minute. But first, this is Jim Bannon with an idea for Christmas. For the girls at the office, the members of your club, for the toe of any woman's Christmas stocking, you can give a lovely gift for a dollar plus tax if you give Juergen's Lotion... It's a flattering gift because Juergen's Lotion is the hand care the Hollywood stars prefer 7 to 1.
0: The Hollywood stars use Juergen's Lotion 7 to 1?
2: Yes, with all the hand care preparations there are, the stars 7 to 1 choose Juergen's Lotion. And this fine hand care is even finer now thanks to wartime research.
0: What do you mean Juergen's Lotion is finer now?
2: Know what women said after testing this post-war Juergen's? They said it makes their hands feel even softer and smoother and protects even longer.
0: Oh, I'd like a bottle of that post-war Juergen's Lotion myself.
2: It's in the stores now, very same bottle, still 10 cents to $1 plus tax. And for Christmas, the $1 bottle has a gay Christmas wrapping. From teenage to grandmothers, to please your women, friends, give them Juergen's Lotion for Christmas. (laughs) And now back to the Jurgens Lotion program, The Amazing Nero Wolf, starring Francis X. Bushman and Elliot Lewis.
0: Yes, this is a revolver in my hand, Mr. Wolf, and I can use it. The way you used it on Garvey last night? I don't know what you're talking about. Then why are you here? For that folio. I want it. And Goodwin, stop inching toward me. Why, you used to call me Archie. They'll be calling you the late, Mr. Goodwin, if you don't stop. Archie, stay where you are.
3: Miss Lee means business. I'm glad you understand that. Just as I understand a great many other things. For example, the fact that you didn't sell the book to Minus by mistake. Garvey would have kept it well hidden. Therefore, you stole the book and used Minus to get it out of the store at a time when you could prove to Garvey you hadn't left the premises.
0: That may be
3: true. I want the book. Where is it? Thus, having convicted you of theft, convicting you of murder should be fairly simple. Murder? You
0: can't prove
3: anything. I admit you're right there. I can't. Not unless someone saw you at the store at the time of the murder. That's and that's uh, impossible. Uh, I... Be quiet. Mr. Blithero has something to say. Mr. Wolfe, I can furnish you with that proof. I didn't want to say anything before, but... It... When I passed the store last night, I saw her there. Indeed. Archie, I want you to remember what Mr. Blithero has just said. Miss Lee, you had better remember as well.
0: You're crazy. He's
3: lying. He's furnished me the evidence I shall need. You'll to...
0: never use it against me. Of
3: course not. The evidence he furnished me shall serve to convict him.
0: What Blithero? What did you say?
3: Blithero, you're not only a murderer, but a fool. You couldn't have seen Miss Lee at the store during the critical period last night because at that time, Miss Lee was energetically chasing and firing at the cab containing Mr. Goodwin and Minus. I needed one additional iota of evidence against you to add to the evidence I already had of fraud. And in your eagerness to frame Miss Lee, you furnished it. Thank you. Oh, dear. Yes, yes. I've got a gun, too. (laughs) Miss Lee, drop yours. Quickly. Yeah, that's good. And now to take care of you. Of all of you. Hey, I, well, I got some more books. All for a quarter. Take out, Take the gun. Let's go. Let's go. Minus, huh? pick out your heaviest book and hit Mr. Blitherow on the head with it, will you? Why, sure. There. <laughs> How's that? Satisfactory, Minus. Archie, do you have his gun? Uh-huh. Then point it at Miss Lee. I think she's trying to reach her own... Now, Susan, behave, or Archie goes bang-bang. Archie, stop this nauseating whimsicality and phone the police. We have a crook and a murderer to turn over to them. Minus. Huh? Close your mouth. It makes you look even less intelligent. If that's possible... I was thinking... Good heavens, no. Yeah. From my experience in this here case... I come to the conclusion that books is real useful. Splendid. Does that mean you are going to learn how to read? ha! <laughs> but if I ever get tired of driving a cab, maybe I too write a book. Oh, that's wonderful, Minus. What's it going to be about? Well, Archie, how about me own life story, huh? You know, a guy sees a lot of things in the rearview mirror of a taxi. The most commendable project, Minus. And I believe I can suggest a title for your... Autobiography. Huh? From the works of the bard himself. You can, Mr. Wolf? What is it? From Macbeth, Act Five, Scene Three. A tale told by an idiot. <laughs>
2: Concludes the current series of The Amazing Nero Wolf, starring Francis X. Bushman as Nero Wolf and Elliot Lewis as Archie. Brought to you by the makers of Jurgen's Lotion. The characters of Nero Wolf and Archie Goodwin were created by Rex Stout. Tonight's play was written by Lewis Biddies and produced and directed by Travis Wells. This is Jim Bannon saying goodnight for Jurgen's Lotion, the lotion for soft, smooth, romantic hands. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System.
1: If the chimes shudder a little on Sunday afternoon, well, they know there's mystery in store Sunday with men of action like Mike Waring, better known as the Falcon, who brings his fearless and romantic touch to the solution of another mystery. After the Falcon, it's high adventure. Then the big guy steps in. The new private eye Charlie Wilde concludes with a few casual homicides. The chimes mean mystery and action this Sunday afternoon on NBC. Transcribed. My
3: boss is the smartest and the stubbornest, the fattest and the laziest, the cleverest and the craziest, the most extravagant detective in the world, Nero Wolfe.
1: It's the adventure of Stamped for Murder. With that brilliant, eccentric private detective, orchid fancier, and gargantuan gourmet Nero Wolfe, starring Sidney Greenstreet.
3: The instructions for this morning, Archie. Your notebook, please. First, Mister Salins back. Inform him that the Long Island pea fowl he sent were most unsatisfactory. Peafowl's breast flesh is not sweet and tender unless it is well protected from all alarms, especially from the air, to prevent nervousness. Long Island is full of airplanes. Look, Mr. Wolf. I, I shall uh... want a dozen chickens that have been raised on blueberries. And a fresh killed lamb for tomorrow. Uh, Mr. Wolf, please listen. There's uh... Mr. Gordon, be quiet, and then dinner on the following day becomes a problem. Mr. Wolf, dinner any day is going to be a problem if we don't pay Sausenbach's bill. Then pay it. With what? The bank account's empty. Ridiculous. There were $4,000 yesterday. But you bought that shipment of orchid bulbs from wine Old Gluckner. Mr. Wolf, we need money. You've got to stop eating and drinking beer long enough to earn some... <laughs> You're an alarmist. Will you, for the love of heaven, stop turning down clients and turn an honest dollar? I've got a couple of prospects right outside the door. Send them away. No, sir. Send them away. Tell them I've gone to Egypt. Nothing doing, sir. Confound you, Archie. your obey orders. Send them away. Miss Kent, Mr. Rodman, come in, please. Oh, nice. Thank, you. Thank you. Confound you, Archie, you're mutinous. Yes, sir, and you're stuck with it. This is Miss Gloria Kent and Mr. Rodman. They arrived as advertised with a pressing problem. Good morning. You people are here by sufferance only. I shall speak to Mr. Goodwin about it later. Yes, indeed. I don't like pressing problems, Miss Kent. What are yours? My father. Indeed, I'm not the court of domestic relations, Miss Kent. What does your father do? Beat you? Withhold your earnings? Discourage your suitors. Mr. Goodwin should have informed you this office does not undertake cases involving marital or family problems. But that's not... If I... Mr. Goodwin had not been beguiled by your pretty face, he might have warned you and avoided this embarrassment to you and annoyance to me. Now, 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 take it easy, take it easy. How many times have I told you you don't know how to handle women? And suppose you let Miss Kent handle me. Well,
0: it's simply this, Mr. Wolfe. I had some money my mother left me. My father's just spent it. Without my permission. I want it back without a scandal.
3: Thanks, Miss Kent. How much? How spent?
0: $10,000. Father bought a treasure map.
3: Indeed? From whom?
0: A pair of swindlers named Cross and Halleck. They've driven him crazy, talking about fortunes salvaged from the SS this and the SS that. He, he's got a map and old letters he studies. He, he's childish.
3: Many fortunes have been recovered. Many more await on the sea bottom. How do you know your father has been duped? Well, I know... You do, Mr. Rodman. Yes. Cross and Halleck bought some old letters for me, written by my grandfather from Hawaii. They used them to manufacture the map and evidence. And that's what they
0: sold to Kent. Father thought he was being so clever. He had the paper analyzed. Of course, the document research laboratory said the letters were genuine. They were. But something new had been added. I'd have never known if Mr. Rodman hadn't told me. You're a party to the swindle, Mr. Rodman. I was not. I never knew what they were up to. Mr. Wolf, you've got to help me. I can't do anything with the Father. I can't convince him. Even Mr. Rodman can't. Do...
3: No, Miss Kent, I'm sorry. This is not for me. Oh,
0: but. You must. You must. Not I...
3: in my office, madam. No tears. Please, please, Archie. Stop her. Okay, okay, okay. Archie, when Miss Kent has finished her disgrace for the exhibition, show them out. How oh, dare Archie. Walk out on the Easy, easy, easy. I know him. I know him. You don't. He gets into a panic when women cry or else he's curious about what Fritz is cooking for lunch. Now, just uh, wait a minute, please. Oh, aren't you ashamed of yourself walking out like that on that poor kid? That hysterical gamma. <laughs> She's lost all of her money. She needs help. I charge high fees, Archie. So charge a small fee. Do you want her to starve? Good heavens, starve. How monstrous. I'm not kidding. While you'll be in here smelling your dinner, she and her father will be starving. I thought you were bringing me a paying client. Well, this is different. She's, uh. You're beautiful. Archie, you're it... impossible. Oh, very well. Go back into them. Get names, addresses, facts. I am not committed to Miss Kent's case, but we'll see. The a tribute I paid for your witness for a pretty face. Rodman and Gloria Kent were gone, however. So all I had were the few facts they'd given me before they met Wolfe. I felt guilty about that when he came back into the office and sat down in his specially built chair. He closed his eyes, and I glared at him. Well, how much of you is awake? Mr. Wolf! Uh. Well, they disappeared. Did you tell me you were going to help this girl just to get her out of the office, or did you mean it? You're a gadfly. No, sir. No, sir. You made a promise, and you're stuck with it. What did you get from Rodman? Name, address, occupation. He's a librarian, that's all. Very careless, Archie. You missed a significant point. Such as, uh... How did Rodman discover the letters he sold were being altered by forgery? And used for swindle. How did he locate the Duke, Mr. Kent? Uh, I guess you're right. I'll ask him next time. But, uh, what about now? Are you going to get Gloria's money back? I assume you call Miss Kent Gloria solely in order to annoy me. It does. Stop it. Get cross on Halleck. On my way. You'll find them at the Hotel Bogard. <laughs> Wrong, sir. According to my notes, their address is... Never mind their address. The Hotel Bogard is the headquarters for successful confidence tricksters. They celebrate their victories there where the money lasts. You will possibly find Cross and Halleck drinking whiskey or lunching probably both. I located Cross and Halleck in the hotel bar and lured them back to our place on 35th Street. Wolf was sitting behind his desk with his hands crossed on his impressive middle, at peace with his lunch and the world when I ushered them in. He sat bolt upright and scorched me with a look. Good afternoon, Mr. Wolf. The tall one's name is Cross, the short one is Halleck. They uh, want to help me invest my money. Gentlemen, Mr. Nero Wolf. Huh? You're a Wolf. Hey, what
4: is this?
3: Found you, Archie? How drunk are they? Not too drunk for business. Let's get out of here. Come on. Wait uh, a dirty, minute. Up you want me to keep him here, Mister Wolf? Not by violence, Archie. Come back here, gentlemen. Unless you want seven years in the state penitentiary. Unless well, what? You've got nothing on us, Wolf. Nothing. I have the Kent case. The Kent? Case. That's a laugh. We're sitting pretty, sitting pretty. You are not, sir. You imagine you possess legal immunity? Mr. Kent believes you are a grotesque balderdash and will not sue for fraud. Miss Kent cannot sue because she is reluctant to accuse her father of wrongfully obtaining her money. Ergo, you think you are invulnerable. Now, listen. But you forget me. I'm a detective with a fee to earn. A big fee. Quiet, Archie. I am determined to get that fee. Therefore, as Miss Kent's agent, I can and will bring action against you. I'm indifferent to her tears... Or her father's disgrace. I'm indifferent to anything outside of money. You will return the $10,000 to me at once, sir, or you'll be in jail by morning. You mean that? I do, Mr. Cross. Alec, yeah. come here. Yeah. Come on, hurry. Uh, okay. Here, Mr. Wolf. Alec and I have decided we don't want to get in any trouble with you. Here's your ten grand. Uh, let's have it. Give the dough to camp, Mr. Wolf, and get the letters and map back for us. You've got a reputation for being tricky, but honest. We trust you. Come on, Hallie, let's go. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about that? Preposterous. <laughs> no, sir. Take a look $10,000, genuine coin of the realm. That man Cross is a fool. Does he imagine i ain't to be fooled so easily? What do you mean he left the money? He surrendered too quickly, Argie. too easily. And that money in the envelope he was carrying all ready to refund. Why? Well, maybe he's got a better sucker. I heard him mention a Ben Sanford. Nonsense. Does he need Kent's forged letters and map to cheat this Ben Sanford? Couldn't he prepare another set? Uh, I guess you're right. Something's fishy. In any event, it's no concern of mine, thank heaven. Uh, Why not? I'm not committed to Miss Kent in any way. As a favor to you, I undertook to regain her money. I have done that. You may take it back to her and obtain the forged papers in return. But, uh... Silence, Mr. Goodwin, go to your redhead charmer. Leave me in peace. I intend to spend this afternoon with my new world atlas. I left him 3,000 miles up the Amazon with his magnifying glass and drove up to East 69th Street. The Kent house was a broken down little brownstone. And as I went up the stoop, the door opened and Gloria Kent burst out like a skyrocket. Hey, Miss Kent, easy, easy.
0: Let's go, Let go. What's wrong? What's wrong? Wrong. Wrong. Nothing is wrong. Nothing at all.
3: Well, how about seeing your father?
0: You want to see my father? Come inside.
3: Oh, for the love of heaven. Come wh-
0: inside, Mr. Goodwin. I'll introduce you. He's in a back room. I through the living room.
3: What else came through this living room? A hurricane?
0: No, Mr. Goodwin. Something else. There's my father, Mr. Goodwin. What in the do- He's dead. His throat's cut. Father. This is Archie Goodwin from Nero Wolf's office. He and his boss refused to help while they could. Maybe he can help you now. Stop it. All I'm good for now is revenge. That's all. Stop Archie. it. Stop it and look at me. When did it happen? I don't know. When did you find him? Just now.
3: Keep looking at me. Who went through this house like a hurricane? You? No. Where did you go after you left the office?
0: To the laboratory. What lab? Document the search. The place that checked the map.
3: How long were you there?
0: Until an hour ago. I was with Mr. Rodman. Keep looking at me. Uh, and then? I had lunch. With Rodman? Alone. And then I came home. All
3: right. All right, now listen to me. I want you to go to Mr. Wolf's uh, house right now. Have you got cab there? Yes. All right, take a cab. I've got to stay here but I'll call Mr. Wolf and tell him you're on the way now get I called Wolf told him everything and he instructed me to advise Inspector Kramer who arrived with the homicide squad I gave the inspector everything while the squad photographed and measured print dusted and detected At 3:30 Kramer took me back to the house on 35th Street for a fight with Wolf It's a great story, Wolf, great. Kent buys a phony treasure map. Everybody knows it's phony except Kent. But Cross and Halleck try to buy it back, and Kent gets himself murdered. Did you find the map and letters in the house, Inspector? No, no, I didn't. The killer was out for the map. A phony map? Certainly. Why? Well, if we knew that, we would know why Cross and Halleck so willingly pay back the money and why Kent was murdered. Maybe it's not phony. I'd better see the girl now. Oh, you fancy her for the murder? Well, I'll know after I ask a few questions. Tonight. She's had a shock, Mr. Kramer. She needs rest. Look, Wolf, I want her. Why bother with her when there's so much to be done? Yes, yeah, such as? Cross and Halleck, find them. And the mystery man they spoke of, Ben Sanford. These are the men you want now, not this poor, overwrought girl? Well, yeah. all right. The girl will be here for questioning tonight, though, huh? Tonight. Mr. Kramer. Okay. You'll hear from me later on. Well, you buffaloed him out of that okay. Say, uh, why don't you want her questioned? Is she guilty? I don't know. Well, what did she say when she got here? She said nothing. She never arrived. She never what? She never arrived. Well, then why did you tell Kramer she was resting? Would he have believed the truth? (laughs) She must be found. More important, we must learn why Ford's letters... And forge map of producer's turmoil. Find the killer and you find the map. You said so. I said the reverse, which is an altogether different statement. Archie, I want a photograph of that map. Get it. Oh, sure, sure. Any particular camera you want me to use? You'll find a photograph of 200 Vanderbilt Street. Are you kidding? The lab cannot check the authenticity of old papers without photographing them in ultraviolet light, infrared light, and so on. If this document research lab has examined those papers, they will have photographs. Get them! He got out of his chair and waddled back to the house elevator. It was four o'clock and time for his regular afternoon session with the orchids. I drove down to the document research laboratory on Vanderbilt and got such a shock that I grabbed the office phone and dialed Wolf at once. Wolf. Mr. Wolf, Archie here. What's the matter? Are you lost? No, sir, no, sir. But I found something. Photographs? No, Mr. Wolf. I don't think you'll ever see any photographs of the Kent map. I don't think any were taken. Indeed. But uh, guess who runs the Document Research Laboratory? No, 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 no. Don't guess. You probably know. A man named Ben Sanford, and he's sitting right here, looking at me. Bring him home with you. Home? But it's four in the afternoon. This is the sacred hour when you pray over your orchids. And Mr. Sanford can join the ceremony. Hey, how about this place? How about it? There must be a million flowers up here. <laughs> no, not flowers, orchids only. Mr. Wolf has ten thousand plants. <whistles> never saw anything like it, and you never will again, brother. Hey, what uh, what kind is that on the bench? Oh, that. That's our pride and joy. gosum harianum. Above them, the Van Pizza and the pink ones are the Celo Gianni uh, Panderatas. Now, the large object mulching flower pots is Nero Wolf. Mr. Wolf, Ben Sanford. Good afternoon, sir. Hi. I came along to be obliging. I've got nothing to say about anything. How much have you offered Cross and Halleck for their treasure map? No comment. Mr. Sanford, I'm going to make some assumptions. I assume that you are not, in fact, a document expert, but an accessory to the fraud of Hallickan Cross. No comment. That you actually prepare fraudulent maps for those swindlers, and then in the guise of an expert, guarantee their authenticity. No comment. But this you must answer. You did guarantee the authenticity of the map and that us can't bought. It's on record. All right, I did. Then will you admit they were forged? What are you a comic? No. You guarantee the value of the Kent map? Yes. As an expert? Yes. Then you've convicted yourself of murder. Murder? What is this? Mr. Kent was murdered, sir. Evidently for the map and letters he bought. But of all persons involved, you alone believe in the value of the map. No one else does. Therefore, you alone would have murdered Kent for the map. For the love of... Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) Chew it over, brother. Chew it over. Either way, he's got you. Okay. Okay, you... You want me to level... Here it is. Never, Archie. Okay, boss. Thief-type talk. It means tell the truth. It's like you say. The letters were bought from Rodman. I forged the map and evidence onto them. I guarantee them to Kent, the swindle. The letters are without value? Oh, sure. They're old, that's all. From 1851. Just tired family gossip and stuff. Mm -hmm. Indeed. there we have the problem again, Archie. Mr. Kent is swindled with a map and letters that are known to be worthless. He alone believes the fantasy of the treasure. There isn't any treasure, never was. Yet Cross and Halleck refunded the swindle money so eagerly. It is obvious they want those worthless documents back badly. Someone else wants them so bad, he murders Mr. Kent. Why? I don't know. Ah, gee, we must find the girl. There's a chance he turned to Mr. Rodman for refuge. I'm sorry, you'll have to go there at once. If the girl isn't there, bring Rodman. (laughs) Yes? Hello, Rodman. Remember me? I'm Archie Goodwin from Nero Wolfe's office. Oh. Oh, yes, of course. I came to get Gloria Kent. There's been a change in plans. Tell her to come out, please. Gloria? Well, she's not here. Why should she be? Haven't you heard? Heard what? Well, I guess you'd better come down and see Wolfe. Uh, Mr. Goodwin, I'm afraid I can't. I'm rather busy. Look, Rodman, maybe you ought to know. Old man Kent was murdered. What? Yes. Yes, just after you and Gloria left us. Kent murdered? Hello. I... But oh, this is awful, Mr. Goodwin. You it's... want to see Mr. Wolf now? Get your hat. Murder? Well, believe me, I never wanted this. I... I'm going to tell Nero Wolf the whole mess. Every word of it. Okay, then. Come on, let's go. Yes, of course. Just a minute. I'll get my hat in the bedroom. Murdered? Gentlemen. I never dreamed. Oh. Come on, Rodman. Come on, Rodman. Come on. What? I didn't hear you. Oh, Rodman. What the... Oh! Rodman. Oh, Rodman. Good. Oh, what's next? Come on, come on. Is this near to work? Archie here. We've had a tough break. Yes? While I was waiting for Rodman at the front door, he went into the bedroom for his hat. The killer was there. How do you know? He cut Rodman's throat. The back window was open. It's a ground floor apartment. He was out and gone before I had a chance. Archie, where were your wits? Let me alone. I've had a man murdered 20 feet from me. You think I'm cheering?
4: Mr. Kramer is
3: here, and he has news for us, Archie. He could not locate Cross and Halleck in their apartment. They had not been home all day. The maid informed him that she was waiting for her weekly salary. Well, so what? She was most angry and peppery. Mr. Kramer informs me. Red, Pepper? Exactly. Okay. Okay, maybe I know what you mean. I'll try to deliver the goods this time. Goodbye. I drove down to the apartment house on Gramercy Square where Cross and Halleck lived, took the elevator up to the 10th floor, found the right door, and slipped in with a pass key. Come on out. Come out wherever you are. I know you're in here. You fooled Kramer pretending to be the maid, but you didn't fool Wolf. You'd better... Gloria! I'll cut it out, you idiot may off! Archie, Archie, you dope Archie Goodwin from Nero Wolf's office. Remember me? Give me the gun, Gloria. Give it to me. Oh, that's right. Who, uh... Who did you think I was? all oh, like... right Oh, brilliant. So Wolf figured you out, huh? You are a brave girl. They killed your father. You came up here and waited for them. You were going to kill them right back, huh? Oh, that red-headed temper. And you bluffed
0: Kramer into thinking you were the maid. I had to do something. It was the only thing I could think of. To come here and kill
3: him. Well, you're coming home with Archie. And just remember one thing. When Wolf's working for you, don't try to do any thinking. It only gets in Wolfe's way. I got Gloria Kent back to the house at 7 o'clock. I parked the car, brought her into the office, and got the shock of my life. There was a convention on. Wolfe was there with Inspector Kramer representing the cops. Cross, Halleck, and Sanford were there representing the crooks. When Kramer saw Gloria, he scowled first at her... And then at Wolf. So, it was a slick one after all, Wolf. You didn't have the girl. You had no intention of producing her. Please, Mr. Kramer, I can wait. The other matter's more important. I dine at eight. That leaves me one hour to solve your murders. Murders? More than one? Yes, two. Elmer Rodman. I haven't good one if you... Please, Mr. Kramer, not now. First, Miss Kent. Good evening, Miss Kent. I presume you have met these gentlemen Cross Halleck and Sanford? I... I'll yeah, take your purse, please.
5: Huh? Well,
3: why? I... No, don't think me as naive as Mister Goodwin, Miss. When you left your home after the murder of your father, you took the map and letters with you. They are in your purse oh, that now. Is true. Archie, the purse. Thank you. We have here an interesting situation. There exists some old letters and map, forged and fraudulent, which are worth ten thousand dollars and more to Cross and Halleck, and worth two murders to a killer. Why? There must be something of great value in the letters. Yes, such as? Something which Mr. Sanford could not see, although he worked on the document closely. Yet something which could be made manifest. What is the answer, Miss Kent? You know
0: it? I swear I don't.
3: Secret writing, Archie. Bring the taping dish from the dining room. Right. Secret writing? I saw nothing when I worked on those letters. Naturally, Mr. Sanford, the writing is invisible. And heat is an agent makes most forms of secret writing visible. The chafing dish, boss. Thank you, Archie. Place it before me and light it. Right. Now I open Miss Kent's purse. From it, you see, I withdraw these ancient letters which he took from her house after her father's murder.
0: That's not true.
3: Archie. That's enough, Gloria. That's enough. From now on, you just listen. We remove the letters from the envelope and toast them gently. Secret ink vintage 1851 will easily succumb to the agency of heat. Careful! Those envelopes will catch fire! Yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 they've caught! Don't be upset, Mr. Cross, Mr. Halleck. The envelopes! Uh. They'll burn safely in the dish. We can concentrate on the writing. Watch closely. I don't want to be accused of trickery. You fat fool! The envelopes are everything! Put them out, Sanford! Don't sit there! Put them out! Why, Mr. Halleck? Well, the stamps, the missionaries, they're worth a the fortune. The missionaries? Of course. You know that. Mr. Cross knows. So does Mr. Sanford, right? Yeah, yeah. Cross Sanford knows, you old fool. Let me... uh, but Mr. Sanford is not alarmed. Why not, sir? I don't know what you're talking about. Fifty or a hundred thousand dollars is burning before your eyes, Mr. Oh. Sanford. Cross and Halleck are burning their fingers, putting out the flaming envelopes. And you sit there quite indifferently. Why? Well, I've... uh... Uh, You know the value of the missionary stamps on the letters you bought from Rodman. But you know these aren't the real letters. Isn't that it? Not the real letters? I told you I'm tough to crack, Wolf. You didn't fool me with those dummies. Dummies, how do you know? Mr. Cross didn't know. Mr. Halleck didn't know. How did you? Well, I... uh... I'll tell you, sir. Only one man could know I was framing Miss Kent as a decoy... Only one man could know. I prepared these dummy letters and pretended to take them from her purse, and that is the killer. The man who murdered her father and stole the map and letters this morning. You sir, Mr. Sanford. Well, I'll be. Mr. Kramer, there's your killer. You'll find the missing map and letters on him or concealed in his home or office. You won't need the evidence anyway. Look at his face. He's self-confessed. Self-confessed like fun? He was booby-trapped. No, Mr. Cranor. Not a complicated case, really. Very simple. Elmer Rodman sold a packet of old family letters to the swindlers for a small sum. They used the letters to perpetrate their fraud on Miss Kent's father.
0: And the stamps on the letters were valuable?
3: They were a special Hawaiian issue 1851, Miss Kent. Nicknamed missionaries, because missionaries used them for writing home. They are extremely rare stamps worth upward of $25,000 each. Hey, no wonder they were worth two murders. We found five of them on Sanford. Excellent. Somewhere or other, Rodman discovered the value of the stamps after he sold the letters. In his effort to get them back, he communicated his discovery to the swindlers, Cross, Halleck, and Sanford. So that's why they refunded the money so fast. Precisely. In an effort to have the sale rescinded. Rodman sought out Kent and tried to convince him of the fraud. Alas, he would not listen to the truth, Mr. Kramer. I get it. And while the others were hassling around, Sanford tried to steal a march and quietly resorted to murder. And there you have it. Ha-ha! Great job, boss, great job. So Gloria not only gets her ten grand back, but uh, five times twenty-five, which is about a 125,000 worth of goodies. Now, figuring your rates by the hour, that means you've done a gratis job worth about... uh, Can I did not, nor will I demand a large fee for what I have done. I will not go back on my word. But I can beg for a favor. I'll only be too happy to... Wait, wait, wait. I asked something that would not be easy to grant. What is it? Will you use your red hair, your pretty face, your admirable figure, and your ample fortune to lure Mr. Goodwin away from this house tonight? I would like to enjoy my dinner in peace. That won't be difficult, Mr. Wolf. <laughs> Let's have an understanding right now, Gloria. Difficult for you or for me?
0: I'll be delighted. <laughs> Indeed.
3: To spend an evening with Mr. Goodwin, there is only one word for you, Miss Kent. In <laughs>
1: I've been listening to The New Adventures of Nero Wolfe starring Sidney Greenstreet. Tonight's story by Alfred Bester was based on the famous characters created by Rex Stout, produced by Edwin Fadiman and directed by J. Donald Wilson. In the cast were Wally Mayer as Archie Goodwin and Gene Bates, Howard McNair, Jay Novello, Larry Dobkin, Bill Johnstone and Herb Vigran. Music by Joseph Enos. Next week, at this same time, Nero Wolf and Archie will bring you The Case of the Careworn Cup.
2: Don Stanley speaking.
1: The preceding was transcribed. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. The chimes ring for Dennis Day and Judy Canova tomorrow night on NBC. Also, Judy Canova prepares to go operatic tomorrow because her special guest is Itzio Pimza. This
3: is Chester William Bendix Riley. The man called X follows on NBC.
1: Stay tuned for Nero Wolf. Saturday night chimes on NBC mean a full hour of fun with Dennis Day and Judy Canova. Dennis always appears perplexed and bewildered. But one thing that doesn't perplex him is how to make a popular ballad come to life in his thrilling tenor voice. And there's music also on the Judy Canova Show, plus comedy in the mischievous Canova manner. That's Judy Canova and Dennis Day, tomorrow night over most NBC stations. My boss is the smartest and the stubbornest, the fattest and the
4: laziest, the cleverest and the craziest, the most extravagant detective in the world,
7: Nero (laughs) Wolfe.
1: It's the transcribed adventure of The Case of the Careworn Cuff, with that brilliant, eccentric private detective, orchid fancier, and gargantuan gourmet, Nero Wolf, starring Sidney Greenstreet. <laughs> The place is near a wolf's office. At the moment, the world's greatest motionless detective is sitting in the chair which was built especially to support his 300 pounds. His eyes are closed, and he's making sounds through his nose.
3: Archie. Archie. Archie! ask Mr. Wolf, What is it? The phone, if you please, Mr. Goodwin. But it's on your desk, only eight and three-quarter inches from your left elbow. All you have to do is lean forward. Found it, Archie. What do you think I am, an athlete? Hello. No, wrong number,
7: mister. I'm sorry, Mr. Wolf, if that old phone awakened you.
3: Wrong number, and I was not asleep. I was merely uh, concentrating. On what? We're out of work. There's nothing to concentrate on. May have escaped your errant attention, Archie. But there are other subjects for thought besides murder.
7: Mm-hmm. Sure, blondes. And blondes. You're right at that, brunettes. Mm-hmm. That's not a nice thing to say about any girl, even if she does happen to be a brunette.
3: Archie. Yes, sir? Go away. You annoy me. Suppose I did. Who'd get your beer for you? Fritz. Tonight happens to be Fritz's night off. However, you can always get your beer for yourself. Don't be an idiot. There are exactly 23 steps between here and the kitchen. As you very well know, I abominate strenuous physical activity. 23 steps times 2 is 46. You could walk very slow. Nonsense. Now that you mention it... uh, uh, I happen to be mildly thirsty, Archie, would
7: you? Now that I mention it, you'd better let be a go for tonight. Why? Our stock is running low. You mean carrots? I've been careful, because something else is also running low. What?
3: Money? Federal sticks, there's plenty in the bank. Sure, but very little of it is
7: yours. Mr. Wolfe, do you remember that
3: batch of orchids you bought last week? Of course I do. Magnificent and very rare specimen.
7: I got a magnificent bill for him this morning, too. It was uh, large? It was large. Mm-hmm. And found it, Archie. I shall have to do some work. You turned down half a dozen cases in the last few weeks.
3: One of them may still require me. Most of them hired other detectives. However,
7: there is a Mr. Wenceslas who might still be in need. His problem is what? As I remember, he's being followed by midgets. <laughs> he wanted you to do something about it. Not, not that he minded the midgets so much. It was the elephants they were riding.
3: The man needs a psychiatrist, not a detective. Anyone else? Yeah, I can check my files, but I don't think... Aha! Saved by the bell. Another creature like that, and I shall. Answer the phone yourself? Assassinate. you see what it is. Okay. Hello? Yes, Mr. Wolf is in. Yes, he'll be in. He always is. What? But.
7: Hmm. That was a Mr. Charles Porter. He was in a hurry. He's on his way over right now. Should be here in ten minutes. Prospective client, I trust? A thousand dollars worth of prospective client. Splendid, Archie, my beer. Okay, but, uh, look, I'm not sure you're going to accept his offer. Indeed? What
3: does he want me to do for his paltry fee? That's the point. If I heard him right, he wants you to do
7: nothing. The door, Archie. Yes,
3: sir? I hear it. Mr. Porter? Naturally, I'm Charles Porter. Who else would I be? It's a large field. Uh, never mind. Come on in.
7: I'm Archie Goodwin. Where is Wolf? Mr. Wolf is in here. Mr. Wolf, this is Mr. Porter.
3: Good evening. Fat, aren't you? It's moderately noticeable. Out to your chair for Mr. Porter. Don't bother. I'm too impatient to sit. When I have business to take care of, I take care of it quickly. Very well. Send him out of the room. Mr. Goodwin, nonsense. He's my assistant. He remains. I don't like it. Archie, show Mr. Porter out. Now, wait. There's no need to get temperamental. Perhaps I'm a little abrupt. Rude. I'm a worried man. And impatient. You're wasting time, Mr. Porter. Oh, I suppose I am. The reason I came to you... Young man, what are you doing with that notebook? Getting ready to make marks in it. But...
0: No, oh, never
8: mind. Mr. Wolfe, you have a client named Dorothy
3: Spencer. Have I? There's no need to be coy about it. I happen to know. Then you know. I want you to drop her. Drop her? Refuse to handle the case. Close the books on her. You know what I mean.
8: Why should I? The girl has no
3: money. I have. That doesn't answer my question. Perhaps this will. It appears to be a small package of dollar bills. It happens to be a thousand dollars. Archie, will you? I will. It is $1,000. Thank you. Mr. Porter. Yes? You're paying me $1,000 in order that I refuse to act for Miss Spencer. Nothing more? That's right. What does she suspect you of? I said nothing about... Well, that is... You must know that as well as I do. Possibly. Nevertheless, what does she suspect you of? Of being a blackmailer. Whereas your occupation really is... I'm a musician...
8: Pianist, I'm appearing nightly at the Windsor Hotel.
3: Archie, have you made out a receipt for Mr. Porter? Yep. Give it to him and show him to the door.
8: Okay. Mr. Porter, Mr. Wolf, I want your assurance that the entire affair is definitely finished.
3: My association with Miss Spencer, you mean? You have my assurance that it is. You'll forgive a classical illusion, Nicavo. Thank you.
8: night. Mr. Wolfe,
3: I have a secret about Mr. Porter. He smells. Some perfume or other. More important, his right coat cuff is more worn than his left cuff. And a cover happens to be a musical term meaning start again from the beginning. Oh, Porter thought it'd been finished.
2: Therefore, Mr.
3: Porter is a liar. His ignorance of common musical term indicates that he's not a musician. The worn right coat cuff that he is an office worker. That's
2: kind of leaping to a deduction. But even if Porter's a liar, Mr. Wolf, there is something else. He, uh he paid you a thousand dollars to drop a client named Dorothy
3: Spencer. Mr. Wolf, you never had a client with that name. Well, that's that. Dorothy
8: Spencer is not in. Anyway, she's not answering her phone. Uh, Mr. Wolf, I said, I know what you said. Pa. that a comment? I'm worried.
3: Mr. Porter may have assumed erroneously that Dorothy Spencer had employed or was intending to employ me. That does not explain why he lied about his occupation.
7: Maybe he didn't lie. After all, your deductions could be wrong. Foo okay. <laughs> take care of that. All right. Now,
3: I'm phoning her. Hello, Uh, Windsor Hotel? Get me the manager's office. Thanks. Ah, could could, could you tell me if a Charles Porter plays the piano at... Uh-huh.
4: She sounds blonde.
3: I see.
8: Thanks a lot. What do you do after work? Oh, Oh,
3: so long. She goes home and beats her husband. About Porter, Archie. Bad news. He does play the piano at the Windsor in the move room. So where does that leave your deductions? Untouched, of course. Let me think. Hmm. Yes, naturally. Naturally what? I came to the conclusion that Mr. Porter was an office worker. We have just discovered that Mr. Porter is not an office worker, therefore... You were wrong. I am never wrong. Therefore, the man who was here is not Charles Porter. Mr. Wolfe, do you think a man of your weight should climb out on a limb like that? Fiddlesticks, look up Porter in the phone book and call him.
2: Okay.
3: Take a second.
8: Uh-huh. Archie, the phone company's best
3: friend. <clears throat> yep, here he is. What do I ask him? Um, there'll be no need to ask Mr. Porter anything. Just phone. Yeah, the boss.
2: Yeah, I have to say something to the guy. Hello.
7: I'd like to speak to Charles Porter. So would you. Who is... Oh, Stephens, huh?
8: Yeah, that's right, Archie. Oh...
2: No, no, don't, don't. Don't bother why I called. it. A, a coincidence. You know who that was?
7: No. That
2: was Sergeant Stebbins,
3: Sergeant Pearly Stebbins. I might add as though you didn't know that Stebbins happens to be a sergeant in Homicide. Indeed. You expected this. I still don't know what your conversation was about. It was about Charles Porter, who maybe was a liar, but who isn't going to tell any more lies on account of he was just shot to death. <laughs>
4: Well, well, if it ain't Archie Goodwin. Come in, Goodwin. Thank you, Sergeant Stebbins. I've been expecting you. Oh, that's sweetie. to you say that, Burley? <laughs> Why did you phone Porter? His right coat
3: cuff was more worn out than his left.
4: So for that, you had to kill him? No. Nope. Actually, I killed him because he didn't know his couple. Hey. Yeah, hey. He don't look good anymore, eh? Guys who stop bullets with their face never look good. Burley, you've been robbed. I did. Hmm,
7: that corpse is not Porter
4: (laughs) Now relax, Goodwin, relax His (laughs) fingerprints were on file and they check His girlfriend says he's Porter If he could get up and talk, he'd tell you he was Porter And what makes you think he isn't? Well, because when he visited us earlier tonight, he looked different Not much, but... You said girlfriend? Yes, I said girlfriend She's in the next room mopping up She kind of broke down when we brought her here You brought her here? Now, don't tell me what her name is Why shouldn't I? It's Spencer.
2: Dorothy Spencer. Ooh, that's what I was afraid of. Sergeant,
0: I...
7: Oh. Ignore him. He comes with the woodwork. His name is Goodwin, Miss Spencer. Archie Goodwin. Find what you were looking for?
0: What I was looking for?
7: Somebody's
2: gone through this place like a minor league hurricane. You? What
0: business is it of Of mine?
2: Mine? None, maybe. On the other hand, Nero Wolfe might have other ideas. Matter of fact, I'm sure he'd have. Miss Spencer, why don't
8: you
3: go see him? The address is 601 West 35th Street.
0: I don't see why. You
3: want your boyfriend's murderer found, don't you? Now, listen, Goodwin, the police are working on this. Sure, they'll see to it. Nobody harms a corpse. Goodbye, Miss Spencer. And don't forget that address, 601 West 35th Street.
7: Believe it or not, you used to be a client of ours.
5: <laughs>
3: oh, Mr.
7: Wolf, you're getting to be so brilliant, it's boring. Fooey. Um... <laughs> That is, All um, oh, uh, right, tonight you deserve it. I'll get you another can of beer. But this is the last one. Unless you promise to do some exercise, like uh, like maybe standing up and sitting down five
3: minutes a day. Thank you. And <laughs> why should I indulge in such idiotic behavior? Oh, after a while, you might be able
7: to see your shoes.
3: I've already seen them.
7: Oh, that was 20 years ago. Things had changed. No more buttons. Hey, that must be Dorothy Spencer.
3: Hmm, she's undoubtedly young and beautiful. Did you deduce that from the way she pressed the buzzer? I deduced that from the gleam in your eye, bah.
7: Bah, all you want. I'm going to keep the gleam shining. Hello, Miss Spencer. Come in.
0: Thank you. Mr. Wolf.
7: Is the large sitting down gentleman
8: behind the desk? This is Dorothy Spencer, Mr. Wolf.
3: You will forgive me not writing. It is due to a necessary conservation of energy rather than rudeness. Archie, a chair. Sure. Here you are, Miss Spencer. Thanks. Now then, Miss Spencer, have the police found anything but dust in Mr. Porter's closet?
0: Why, I... no.
3: You were engaged to Mr. Porter? I was. That ring you're wearing he gave it you? Yes. May I see it?
0: Well, all right. Here. Thank you. Hmm,
3: expensive. Very expensive. You may have it back. Miss Pencer, why are you marrying Charles Porter? I, I loved him. Truly Mr. Porter, according to Archie's description, was twice your age, with considerably less than half your attractiveness. Love may perhaps be blind, but it is not astigmatic. stigmatic.
0: I, I don't know what you mean.
3: What were you searching for under the nose of the police?
0: Nothing. Nothing I, at all.
3: How did your fiancé earn his money?
0: He played the piano at first. Boy,
3: what he earned there in a year wouldn't begin to pay for the ring he gave you. Would you like to try again?
0: I don't know how he made his money.
3: I suggest that you do. I suggest that he earned money by the same method that he induced you to consider marrying him. Blackmail. Why was he blackmailing you?
0: Old letters I'd written when I was too young to know any better.
3: Your motives for murdering Porter would be twofold, then. Recovery of blackmail material and the avoidance of marriage to a man you dislike. I didn't
0: kill Charles.
3: Your doorbell, Archie. Get Miss Spencer into the kitchen at once. Must be the police. Yeah, let's go, Miss Spencer. Right through that door. And stay there until I call you.
7: Front door, Archie. Uh, Mr. Wolf, do I know Dorothy Spencer's here? You know nothing. A simple
3: role for you to play.
7: Uh, I haven't got time to resent that insult right now, but wait until the next time you drop a collar button. Well, bless my soul, if it isn't
3: your old Inspector Kramer. How is the homicide department? Where's Wolf? Big surprise. He's sitting. Mr. Wolf. Good evening, Inspector. Where's Dorothy Spencer? This is not the Bureau of Missing Persons. The district attorney would like to talk to her. I should tell her so the next time we meet. Yeah, that could be right now. She's in this house. I don't see her. Mind if I look around for myself? You have a search warrant, of course.
7: It so happens, no, but... uh... Archie, the
3: inspector's leaving.
7: Okay, I'm leaving. I suppose by the time I get back with a warrant, she'll be in Hoboken.
3: Hoboken? Where's
1: that?
7: Look, Wolf, you can go too far. One of these days, you won't be able to talk yourself out of a... I... Ah. Trail me to the door, Goodwin, to show what a good detective you are. Oh, Inspector Kramer doesn't love us anymore.
3: Unfortunate. Archie, take Miss Spencer to a respectable hotel. Register her under an assumed name. She is to stay there until notified otherwise. Luckily, the good inspector neglected to inform us that she was the leading suspect in a murder case. Hence, we are not accessories after the fact, and I don't want her arrested for murder as yet. Her beauty has won you over. Oh, you will then return here immediately. Okay. What are you going to be doing in the meanwhile? I, Archie, shall be thinking. Archie? No. No, not Archie. Ah, our impatient and non musical friend came in through the window. How are you, Mr. Not Porter, of course. Where's the girl? question is beginning to bore me, I don't know. I think she's here. So did the police. I might add that they were slightly closer to the truth. Incidentally, what makes you think she was Porter's accomplice? But she must have been. Nonsense, she wasn't. Porter was blackmailing her, just as he was blackmailing you. In her case, it was letters. In yours, a previous criminal record, perhaps, that your employers might be interested in. I want to know where she is.
8: Maybe this would help you remember.
3: Good heavens, don't find a pistol at me. It annoys me. Ah, the police, I should think, Open the door for them like a good fellow. Oh, no. I'm leaving. But if I don't find that girl, I'll be back. Knock the blasted thing down if it isn't open.
7: All right, well, I've got the search warrant.
3: Oh, so no doubt to a fine tooth comb. Bah. By the way,
7: Inspector...
3: All right, boys, cover the house. All right, Inspector. Yeah, what did you want? As your men go through the house, will you have one of them shut the back window? I've just had a burglar, and I suspect he left it open. Unless the matter is attended to, the house might be filled with (laughs) fresh air.
7: Well, what's the matter with that? Fresh
3: air, deadly poison. It clogs the lungs. And may I point out that the warrant you're clutching in your hot little hand is not a lease on the house. Finish your search quickly, if you please, and then... uh... (laughs) Why not try Hobo? So I just missed the inspector, huh? You did? That I can stand.
2: I'm sorry about the burglar, though.
3: Perhaps we can arrange to have you meet him in the morning. He left his calling card with name and address on it? He dropped his handkerchief here on my desk. Oh. Hmm, it's a handkerchief. It smells. So it does. But, um. All of our unknown friends' clothes carry the odor. Therefore. Yeah? You will go out immediately to the nearest drugstore, buy a specimen of every kick of soap manufactured in this country.
1: Mr. Wolf? You
8: still? No. I never realized just how many different brands of soap are made in this country.
3: You should listen to the radio more often. So far, we've sniffed at 37 cakes. None of them smell like porter. Uh, let see. 38. Hey. Let me have it, Archie. Yes, the soap. Ah, it's labeled orchid ovals. I should say basically mislabeled. Orchids have no odor. Our task for the evening is finished. Why? All we know is the guy washes with a basely mislabeled soap. No, the odor would not have been so persistent in that case. Unquestionably, our visitor works for a soap company that makes orchid ovals. Every employee of a plant in which perfume in large quantities is used inevitably carries the odor on his clothes. Oh. And you already deduced he works in an office. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, I, I go see him in the morning. You do. <laughs> you know, Mister Wolfert, with hiring rooms for girls and paying
7: visits to a perfume factory, I'm beginning to feel like a maiden aunt.
3: No one would ever mistake you for a maiden aunt, Archie.
7: Thanks. Is that another deduction?
3: Maiden aunts rarely need a shave. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good morning. One moment,
0: please. Oh, can I do anything for you, sir? Yeah,
4: that is, uh, is. Let's
8: postpone that question and slip in another one. I'm I'm looking for one of your office people, as uh, in his forties, five foot ten,
3: brown hair and eyes, speaks in a sharp, quick
8: voice. He and... owes
0: you money too. Who owes me money? Mr. Wheeler, the man you were describing. He owes everybody money. In spite of the fact that he's office manager and makes lots and lots of money. How much does he owe you?
2: Hmm? Oh, not not an awful lot. It won't break me if I don't get it. Is he in yet?
0: Well, he was, but he went home. He was sort of sick. Sort of? Mm -hmm. He got a phone call from somebody and rushed out.
3: Too bad. Well, i better scram.
0: You didn't answer my question yet. I'm off at five. My name's Gwen. Goodbye. (laughs)
3: Wolf speaking. Archie here. Our unknown's name is Wheeler. He left the office this morning sick after he got a mysterious phone call. Bad, probably. Get to Dorothy Spencer at once and bring her here. Right. I'm at Wheeler's house now. Thought I'd better check. His wife's here, too. Blonde? Uh-huh. How could you tell? That you're smirking your voice. Get out of there fast and don't stop to console Mrs. Wheeler. Mrs. <laughs> Wheeler. Nine oh nine. Miss Dorothy Spencer. Huh? Nobody home. Shut that door behind you. good win well, uh, Never mind pulling triggers. I'll shut it. Oh, Archie. I would prefer silence. Keep
2: your hands high, Goodwin. It's unhealthy. All the blood had run into my head.
0: Archie, he murdered Charles. He
2: did. Tut, Mr. Wheeler. You really shouldn't have It's against the law. Get into the bathroom, both of you. I already shaved.
0: I phoned him. I thought maybe he had my letters.
8: Porter couldn't keep his mouth shut about his other victims. He was going to force Dorothy to marry him. Did you find his
0: material, Wheeler?
8: Yes. In an office. He read it as a front. It's all burned. And why all the melodrama? You know about me, so does she. I can't trust anyone... Get into the bathroom, I said.
3: Look, let's not lose our heads about this. Get moving, Goodwin. I like it here. All right, then. Here is where you'll get it. (laughs) Hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. Something's wrong. I got shot and Wheeler fell down. I shot him, Goodwin. Stebbins.
4: Dear Sergeant Stebbins. Oh, you little flat-footed angel. (laughs) It's lucky for you my flat feet got staked out here in time. Just for that, I'll buy you a pair of arch supports for your next birthday, but... I'm beginning not to believe this. You had it all figured out? Well, not
7: exactly. Well, that
2: is... Uh Uh Ah,
4: Wolf
7: sent you here.
4: Well, he kind of phoned in and suggested one of us shoot down here and do some rescue work.
7: (laughs) That old devil.
4: Hey, you're not kidding. (laughs) What are you laughing about? (laughs) Wolf wasn't sure whether
7: you'd need rescuing from Wheeler or... (laughs) Stop killing yourself with your own jokes. (laughs) Or whether Miss Spencer would need rescuing from you.
3: You've been a very foolish young woman, Miss Spencer. I suggest that in the future you exercise more care in your correspondence.
0: Oh, I shall, Mr. Wolfe, but... How
3: can I ever thank you? Well, one, one way would be to listen wide-eyed while he explains how he solved the case. I have no intention. Oh, at...
2: come on, Mr. Wolf, Stop stalling.
3: Please, mm. Mr. Wolf. Well, uh, I'd be very happy to. As a matter of fact, I'd like to see anyone try to stop me. <laughs> a man came to me, offered me $1,000 to drop a client I didn't have. Why? Because obviously he wished to direct my attention to that client. Me? You, Miss Spencer. Now then, he identified himself as Charles Porter, a musician. but I tested him and discovered that he knew nothing of music. Ha! Ah,
2: the da capo routine.
3: Precisely. Therefore, he was an imposter. His purpose? Yeah? To indicate by no means subtly that enmity existed between Porter and Dorothy Spencer. Huh? Thus, when Porter was found murdered, I would presumably be convinced that Dorothy Spencer balked in her effort to enlist my aid against Porter, had resorted to most foul and bloody murder. Most foul and bloody murder is very fancy, Dorothy. Shows he likes you. I thereupon asked myself why should an unknown seek to convince me that Dorothy Spencer was Porter's murderer. And you answered yourself? One reason only, because he himself intended to murder Porter. As he did. Which peccadillo he has, thanks to Sergeant Stebbins' accuracy with a revolver, already paid with his own life. Quadiat apt demonstrandum. Latin for that's what you wanted to know.
0: I think you're wonderful, Mr. Wolf, and I'm going to. Ah, kiss... oh, be careful. Kiss you.
3: Hmm, Archie, Miss Spencer is a
0: very dangerous young woman.
3: Today I feel brave. Do you, Archie? Very brave. What are you doing tonight? Nothing. Let's do it together. Bah. How oh, was that, Mr. Wolf? I said bah. Would you very much mind conducting your romance elsewhere? I would not. And do so at once. I have a very important matter to attend to. Goodbye, Mr. Wolf. Goodbye. Night, sir. Very important. Very important. <laughs>
1: I've been listening to The New Adventures of Nero Wolf, starring Sidney Greenstreet. Tonight's transcribed story was based on the characters created by Rex Stout, produced and directed by J. Donald Wilson. In the cast were Lamont Johnson as Archie Goodwin and Jane Webb, Peter Leeds, Bill Johnstone, and Wilms Herbert. Next week at this same time, Nero Wolfe and Archie will bring you The Case of the Dear Dead Lady. Don Stanley speaking. Chimes mean good times on NBC. The NBC Chimes are excited about the big show. An hour and a half every Sunday night with Tallulah Bankhead as Femme C. Comedy with stars like Jimmy Durante, Fred Allen, Jack Carson, Groucho Marx, and a host of others. Music with Meredith Wilson, Mindy Carson, and many more. It presents drama with Mr. Jose Ferrer and many more leading stars of Broadway and Hollywood. It's the big show. Starts Sunday, November 5th, on NBC.
3: This is Chester William Bendix Ranney. The Man Called X follows on NBC.
1: Stay tuned for Nero Wolfe. This Sunday marks the premiere of The Big Show on NBC. Not just any big show, it's THE Big Show. NBC's hour and a half of comedy, music, and drama. The best of each. The Big Show will be heard every Sunday afternoon over most of these stations with Tallulah Bankhead as Mistress of Ceremonies. Your stars for this Sunday's broadcast include Jimmy Durante, Fred Allen, Ethel Merman, Frankie Lane, Mindy Carson, Meredith Wilson, Danny Thomas, and hosts of others. All this and Tallulah, too. No wonder it's The Big Show. My boss is the smartest and the stubbornest,
4: the fattest and the laziest, The cleverest and the craziest, the most extravagant detective in the world, Nero Wolfe.
1: It's the adventure of The Case of the Dear Dead Lady, with that brilliant, eccentric, private detective, orchid fancier, and gargantuan gourmet, Nero Wolfe. Starring Sidney Greenstreet. (gasps) Wolf had just come downstairs having tended to his precious orchids. He was as usual seated in the library which served as the office. He just dialed a phone number and with his eyes closed was leaning back in his specially built chair which was big enough for two but not two of him.
4: Domestic and imported delicacies.
3: Mr. Halsbreger, this is Nero Wolf. Oh, oh, yeah, Mr.
4: Wolf. I was just about
7: to ring
5: you. I have
3: need of two pounds of duck liver. Ah. I do not, of course, refer to the commercialized Strasbourg pate. Well,
7: I appreciate
2: the order, Mr.
7: Wolf, but.
3: uh... Next, my cook, Fritz, informs me that we require three fine fat geese.
4: Look, Mr. Wolf. There's a little matter of an unpaid. You bill. might
3: add 12 cases of beer, a bushel of Vermont apples, green for stuffing, and a gallon of Marquisa Patricia Roman oil. Mr. Wolf. In addition, not... Fritz has listed six dozen eggs, four braces of Sussex woodcock, and a few pounds of Westphalian ham. Do you have all that? Well, I, I can get it, Mr. Wolf, but my Thanks bookkeeper t- Very much, Mr. Halsbracker. That will be all. Yeah. <clears throat>
4: Now then, Archie. Yes, boss? You seem to be worried. Oh, I am. This means naturally that I'm supposed to handle Haltzbrecher's delivery boy when and if he shows. I had thought of leaving a simple matter to you. And what about the simple matter of the money? Money? I I hate to bring up a vulgar subject, but where is it coming from? Oh, of course.
3: You're right, Archie. I should have said... Said what? Charge
4: it. Boss, look. You don't realize I know, but we're into that truffle broker for 500-odd bucks and change. All right, all right, then give him a check. Okay. Okay, I will give him a check. And I hope they'll let you keep the orchids in your cell. You're a wit, Archie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You know, I'm on the bank's mailing list. We got a notice this morning. You don't mean? Oh, but I do. Again? Yeah, you just can't take money out of an account, boss. Sometimes you gotta put some in. <laughs> This is the only way to deal with the man I work for, and if I hadn't thrown him that scare, he wouldn't have been willing to listen when the door buzzer rang, and a prosperous looking young guy in the kind of clothes that don't grow on trees came in and stood in front of the boss's chair, fiddling with the brim of his pork pie. My name is Oliphant, Mr. Wolf.
8: Oliphant? Uh, Yes, sir, Oliphant. I am the spiritual leader and guiding head of a small religious group known as the
3: Seekers of the Inner Power. Ah, I see. Also a man addicted to marrying neither wisely nor well, but often. You read the papers. I do. Uh,
8: Mr. Wolf, I am as aware of my sin-ridden past as anyone else is. The point is that I'm no longer that kind of man. Even a person such as I can see the light in time. Good. Might I ask why you've come to see me, Mr. Oliphant? I need your help, Mr. Wolf. Concerning? A certain young lady with whom I'm deeply in love. I beg you not to confuse the present emotion with any of my earlier escapades. What I feel for Miss Dana is the pure and righteous glow of an upright seeker of the inner power. I
3: promise to look on you as thoroughly redeemed, Mr. Oliver. Proceed. Oh, by the way, do I recognize the name of your young lady as a Park Avenue socialite, an amateur swimming champion? Yes. But she's sweet,
8: wonderful, beautiful. I've asked her to marry me and she's given me some hope. In time, I fully expect to make her my wife.
4: Well, then where's the problem?
3: The
8: problem is the presence of another man in her life. I'm
3: sorry, sir. I'm a detective, not a matchmaker.
8: This isn't a question of making a match, Mr. Wolfe. I have much too much respect for your talents to think of offering you such an assignment.
3: Exactly. What do you want me to do?
8: I want you to save Ilsa Dana's life. Her life? Mr. Wolfe, this other man I spoke of is insanely jealous. Not only of Ilsa's present, but of her past as well. He has threatened to kill her.
3: I don't doubt your earnestness in this matter, Mr. Oliphant, but how would you know?
8: I was listening on an extension in Miss Dana's apartment a few days ago when Hunter called.
4: Hunter? Yes, sir. Jack Hunter. Known as Jack the Babe Hunter. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I know that canvas back. Huh? Sure. He's a coffee and cake for Lim Walser. Oh, no, he's not. He's a boxer.
3: Archie is being fancy. Overlook it, Mr. Oliphant. Is Hunter in love with this lady of yours?
8: I doubt it. He's a man of complete moral and spiritual corruption, I believe.
3: Naturally, you would. But what are the facts?
8: In my opinion, he's after her for her money.
3: She has money? To burn. And you, Mr. Oliphant? Me. Can you also afford to burn? How much do you want? The answer to that would be astronomical. However, if you leave a check for, say, $7,000, I shall look into your matter the very moment I have completed a little research into the nutrition of the Polynesian orchid.
4: Oliphant's check gave our bank account a slight blood transfusion. I think it was the boss's plan to spend a week or two in the plant rooms before he got busy on the case. And he'd have done it, too, if that phone call hadn't come in about a little after nine, just after Wolf had polished off one of Fritz's dinners and was settling back with a stein of beer in his hand.
3: Don't disturb yourself, Archie. I'll get it. Now well, look out. If you don't
4: strain yourself, boss. You gotta straighten out an elbow to reach that receiver.
3: You have an unfortunate flair for mixing humor with impertinence, my friend. Hello, Nero Wolf speaking.
4: This is Ilsa Dana, Mr. Wolf.
3: How do you do, Miss Dana? We were discussing you only this morning. So I've heard. Through whom?
4: Ted Oliphant.
3: I see. The young man seemed to be quite worried about you. The young
4: man should tend to his own affairs.
3: Said you were in some danger.
4: I know what he said. And not one word of it was true. Oh? Uh, I'd like to talk to you, Mr. Wolf.
3: I'm sure it be an immense pleasure. Where do you live?
4: I have an apartment at uh, 22 Blanton Street. Could
3: you be here soon? I could be there in a quarter of an hour, Miss Dana. By proxy, of course.
4: The proxy, naturally, was yours truly. Ten minutes later, at twenty past nine, I walked up to Ilsa Dana's door... with a nosy elevator boy giving me the double O. The reason for his interest was that her door was open... And the room inside was empty except for a little twisted pile of pale pink satin. Which at close range turned out to be a woman. Which woman turned out to be Ilsa Dana. And Ilsa Dana was dead.
3: She used to be pretty.
4: She isn't now. Her strangulation doesn't help any girl's looks, son.
3: Make anything of it?
4: Well, the position of her body and the bloodstains on her pointed fingernails... Tells me that she put up a tough struggle before somebody succeeded in smothering with a pillow from the sofa over there. Yeah, that figures. When did it happen, I wonder? In yeah, the last 15 minutes, I'd guess. Say, who's been up in the elevator this evening? Nobody for her. Well, somebody came up. Well, who says not? They could have used the stairs, you know. Yeah. How well do you know Miss Dana? I know exactly zero about Miss Dana. How could you ride her up and down every day You know nothing about her? It's a rule of the house to keep your mouth shut. The rule also goes when being questioned by a cop a cop who's a cop Oh I guess you're a cello player from the Philharmonic look I happen to work for a guy named Nero Wolf Oh heard of him maybe Well if your memory comes alive son, I might see my way clear to uh, spend a few dollars with you Understand I'll keep you in mind going down mister <laughs> I spent time trying to get sense out of the superintendent and a set of chambermaids, but they were as quiet as a ballpark on Christmas Eve. Then I called the cops and told them about Oliphant and Hunter. By the time I got home, the house was dark and Nero Wolf was sleeping. Next morning, I gave him the details while he drank three bottles of beer. When I finished, he sat for a long time and then started another bottle. The prize fighter. What about the prize fighter, Archie? Hunter, well, I, I phoned the hotel he lives in before you got up. And? They told me he wasn't in.
3: Hmm. You know, I begin to think that Mr. Oliphant brought us a more absorbing case than he suspected.
4: You know, I'm glad you like it. I
3: don't like it. I don't like work of any variety. But this thing has its points. Well, what do we do next? Next, we investigate my client. What? Merely because the reformed playboy employs a detective doesn't exempt him from suspicion at him. Oh, now, who's that? I'm afraid we have no choice but to open the door and see.
6: My name is Young. Barstow Young. It's nice meeting you, Mr. Young. What do you want? I want to see Nero Wolfe. About... uh, About a certain young lady with whom I am deeply in love. What? Will you repeat that? I want to see Mr. Wolfe about a
4: certain young lady with whom I am deeply in love. Mm Mm-hmm. Her name, please? Ilsa Dana. Is it possible that you entertain plans of making her your wife?
7: Why,
4: I. Yes, but uh, there's a problem involved. Another man? Uh, yes. Well. And... Do come in. Do come in. I think we've been waiting for you. Oh, Mr. Wolf.
6: Here's
4: another one. Ah,
3: Mr. Wolf. You've come to me about Miss Ilsa Dana, sir?
6: I have come to you, more specifically. About a man who has threatened her life.
3: Hmm.
6: How unusual. He's the treacherous kind. Mild-mannered, you know. As we say in my profession, he underplays it.
3: Your profession, then, is the stage. It is, sir. Go on, you interest me deeply.
6: I was present recently when he told her that he would certainly kill her unless she mended her sinful ways. Sinful? Sinful? No one denies that Ilsa has had, uh, shall we say, a checkered career. But the man's attitude is totally fanatical.
3: What's his particular brand of fanaticism, Mr. Young?
6: Theodore Oliphant is a religious maniac. Well, what do you know? He's come to give Theodore a bad report card. I don't understand. I've come to ask Mr. Wolfe to prevent his murdering Miss Dana.
3: Am I allowed a direct question, sir?
6: Why, of course.
3: Where were you between 9 and 9.20 p.m. last night?
6: 9 and 9.20... Why do you ask?
3: You said I was permitted a direct question.
6: Oh, well, I was walking in the uh, park, as I remember.
3: Do you make a habit of walking in the park?
6: I have lately. I'm preparing for an important role in the forthcoming production. What's so important about last night?
3: From your point of view, a great deal, sir.
6: Well, what do you mean?
3: Last night, Miss Ilsa Dana was murdered. What? Mr. Goodwin here discovered the body. No. I'm afraid I must insist, Mr. Young... Oh, why, why are you looking at me like that? Uh, are you accusing me of? A, I uh, have accused you of nothing, my dear sir. Uh,
6: no, look, you are making a mistake. Oliphant killed her. You may be sure of that. I have your word. I know him. He was trying to reform her. I wanted to make her a devout follower of his cult, the Seekers of Power. I heard him tell her, to her face, that if she refused redemption. He would see to it that she didn't live on in her wickedness.
3: You could produce other witnesses.
6: Do you know, in your own smug way, you're as
4: detestable a character
6: as I have ever had. All been. right,
4: all right. Let's everybody take five. Yeah? Nero Wolf? He's busy. This is Archie Goodwin.
7: You'll do, Goodwin. This is Jack the Babe Hunter.
4: Oh? Uh, how are you?
7: Great except the cops seem to want to talk to me about some murder, Fandango, because as I get it, you name my name.
4: You got it wrong.
7: I doubt it, and I'm coming over there to set you straight. Why'd you ring me in on this mess, Wolf? You
3: knew the girl pretty well.
7: Me and how many more? Besides, what time was she murdered?
3: Last night between 9 and 9.20. I see. So if you will inform the police where you were at the time, that should be that. Yeah. By the way, Mr. Hunter, where were you at the time? I don't
7: see your badge, Wolf.
3: I was only wondering.
7: I haven't been near the Dana woman for over a month. But if you're really interested, I'll give you the name of the killer.
3: Please do not keep us in suspense, Mr. Hunter. Mr. Hunter.
7: A couple of years back, Yeltsa financed a guy in a big and lousy Shakespearean play that closed like a clam and nothing flat. Go on. It was money down the drain. The guy's got nerve. He was in love with her and he figured she'd do anything for him. So he comes back to her to finance him again. This time in Hamlet, no less. I see. And I don't have to tell you what a flop that would be.
3: You needn't tell me the actor's name either. You know? Mr. Bastow Young just left here.
7: Yeah? Well, he's your man, Wolf. He got so sore when she told him she wouldn't toss any more moolah into his broken-down career, he went off his rocker and tore it down.
3: Your reason for thinking so?
7: I met him on the street one day, and he started beefing to me with blood in his eyes. So all I could do not to punch him.
3: The results might have been less fatal if you'd followed your instincts, sir. Uh,
7: I couldn't. The guy's built like a broomstick. He's weak as a cat. Hit him once, he'd crack like dry plaster.
3: I see. Hmm.
7: What's on your mind?
3: This man you're accusing of Miss Stainer's murder, Mr. Hunter, he was very much in love with her. She was thinking about marrying him, he said.
7: He said.
3: Yes, he did. I heard him, too.
7: He was talking through his skullcap. He also wasn't going to marry anybody. No? No, she couldn't. Why couldn't she? Well, but she just couldn't, that's all. So long. <laughs>
4: Well, now we got a perfect circle with everybody pointing at everybody else and nobody able to prove a thing.
3: What Hunter says isn't impossible, Archie. You think Young did it? I don't think at all yet. But if there's anything more dangerous than a woman scorned, it's an actor scorned. We have another visitor.
4: Yeah, who are you expecting?
3: At this point, anybody.
4: Hi. Oh, you. Yeah, I told you you might hear from me. Come on in. Who's this? A fellow runs the elevator at 22 Blanton Street. What do you got for me, kid? Postcard. Postcard? Here, the cops missed it, but I spotted the edge stuck under a rug. Nice of you to have delivered it. Maybe he was just being curious. Curious? It's not every elevator boy who has a chance to see Nero Wolf in the flesh. Oh, him? (laughs) Come off it, high pockets. I'm here because you mentioned something about spending a few bucks. Oh. I wouldn't cross the street to see the best gumshoe that ever breathed. Look, gumshoes don't breathe, and how would you like a sucker? Archie, a...
3: pay him and let him go.
4: Yeah, pay me and let me go. Sure, Mr. Wolf. Here you are. Thanks. Don't mention it. Anytime, pal. Anytime. How do you like that fresh little punk?
3: Archie, the lad has done us nobly. Yeah? A typewritten card addressed to Miss Ilsa Dina.
4: Well, what's it say? Rather peculiar
3: message. Have you prayed tonight? It's signed with a single letter O.
4: Have you prayed tonight? Yes. Signed O? Exactly. Weird, isn't it? Well, what's weird about it? What could be plainer? Have you prayed tonight? Now, I ask you, who is the man in this deal who's interested in praying? All of us, I hope, are God-fearing. All right, all right. But I ask you again, what does O stand for? It could stand for O'Brien, obituary, Omaha. What about Oliphant? Oliphant too. Look, what, what's with this indifference? The case is cracking, and you slough it off. You remember what Young said? Oliphant threatened to kill her because she wouldn't join that cockeyed movement of his. Don't exhaust yourself, Archie. We have a hard night ahead. Yes, but I don't understand. But
3: I don't mean to stifle your imagination, my friend. But if you'd reserve your deductions for a little while, you could lend me some much-needed assistance. What do you want? I want you to become a burglar. A burglar? I want you to hurry over to the dead woman's apartment on Branton Street and ransack it. For what? How do I know? We need help. Anything may help us. Go through the place with a fine tooth comb.
4: I tore the late Miss Dana's apartment to shreds, but I saw nothing. Then, just as I was about to give it up as a bum job, I noticed a little writing desk in the living room. Bride loose the lock and spotted something among a pile of papers that belonged to no well-to-do flat. It was a pawn ticket, lot 8N-046, and the address was a pawn shop around the corner on 6th Avenue. It wasn't more than 90 seconds later that I walked into the joint and tossed the ticket across the counter.
6: Oh, oh yeah, this, huh? Want to redeem it.
4: And fast, up
6: huh, Pops? That's yeah, nothing that's worth much, mister. No? No. Uh, oh, what is it? This... Small steel filing
4: box. Anything in it? I don't know. Come to me locked. Never been able to get it open. We got it open, Wolf and I. Smashed the front end with a poker. There were some odds and ends inside. Old earrings, some thumbtacks, a cigarette lighter. Just trash. Then the boss stuck his fingers in and pulled out a plum. This is it? What do you mean, this is it? You fail to
3: recognize this classic document? Huh? A marriage license, Archie. A marriage license.
4: Now, yeah, well, whose marriage license?
3: The wording is self explanatory. Listen. This is to certify, etc., etc., thus licensing on this third day of May 1946, the marriage of Miss Ilse Dana to Mr. Johan
4: Jaeger. Johan Jaeger? Exactly. Well, who in the world is Johan Jaeger? We'll soon see. Uh, I don't get it. I can understand. It's a befuddling little
3: puzzle. It'll be very easy for one to make a fatal mistake
4: here. But, of course, you won't. I won't. Three hours later, I'd herded all the suspects into the office, and he sat in his chair and glared at them, Elephant, Young, and Hunter. It was tense and tight, and the boss let it stay that way, saying not a word to anybody while he calmly sipped his beer. It was Oliphant who cracked first. I didn't kill Ilsa. I couldn't have.
3: Jealousy is a very compelling motive, Mr. Oliphant. And you came to me, remember, complaining that there was another man in Ilsa Dana's life?
8: Whatever I complained about it, and jealous as I was, I didn't kill her as the sacred power is my holy judge.
3: Being unacquainted with your sacred power I'd have to ask you for a better authority.
6: Sacred
7: power. Oh,
3: It simply wouldn't have been possible for me to have done it. Why not?
7: Yeah, why not?
8: Because I... I was at Mickey's Night Owl Club last night from 7 until 4 a.m. Contemplating the sacred power, no doubt. That can be proved, Mr. Oliphant? Well, let me call now. Let the head waiter tell you.
3: Hmm. Will you take your embarrassment as an indication that you're telling the truth?
4: Hey, wait a minute. You, you can't let him off like that. Don't be bothersome, Archie. Yeah, but we got that card he wrote, the one about have have you prayed tonight, signed with his initial.
3: He didn't write that card, Archie.
4: Now, look.
3: And the O is not his initial, is it, Mr. Barstow Young? Uh,
4: I'm
6: afraid I, I don't understand.
3: On the contrary, I'm afraid you do. But for the record, I'll explain. Oh, Archie. Yes, boss? Hand Mr. Young that large red volume off the shelf behind Mr. Hunter's head. This one? That one, thank you. Now then, Mr. Young, you will favor me by opening the volume to page
6: 1133.
3: But why? Open it, sir. Good. You will now count six lines down from the top and read what you see.
6: Have you prayed tonight?
3: Thank you,
4: Mr. Young. What the devil is going on?
3: Mr. Young has just given us a reading from a tragedy. The line have you paid tonight is spoken by the hero to the heroine just before he murders her. The name of the heroine is Desdemona. And the hero, as I'm sure you all know, is Othello. Othello? Yeah, the O was not
4: Oliphant, Archie.
3: Othello, I think, was a Shakespearean play which Miss Dana financed for our Mr. Young. And knowing she would recognize the quotation as well as the threat behind it, he sent it to her to warn her that he meant to murder her. You won't have the unmitigated gall to deny that, will you, Mr. Young? No.
6: No, I don't deny it. Do I call the police? But I didn't kill her. The fact that I sent the car doesn't
4: mean I killed her. Well, it'll do for my money.
3: But not for mine, Archie. What? Mr. Young couldn't have killed Miss Dana. Why not? Because he lacks the strength to strangle such a healthy young woman, a champion athlete. Wide awake and full of fight. He's rather a frail person, as we know. And smothering Miss Dana with that pillow was no easy task. She struggled. Therefore, she clawed the wrists of the murderer. I'm sure that if you examine Mr. Young's wrists, you will find no scratches or scars.
4: Here, let me see that. Go ahead.
3: Well, Archie?
4: Ah, you're right. Nothing. I was sure there
3: wouldn't be. The person who actually killed Miss Dana was a powerful physical specimen. Yeah? Yes, Mr. Hunter. In all probability, a professional athlete. A muscular man in good condition.
7: You pointing at me?
3: Seems quite likely, doesn't it? You're out of your head. Am I? Yeah. Dana war ihr Frau? Nicht
7: Jawohl. I. I mean.
3: You said yeah, ja, Mr. Hunter. And you meant ja. Yes. I asked you in German if Elsa Dana was your wife. And you, in the heat of emotion, answered me yes in your mother tongue. Look, what's going on here? Allow me to present Mr. Johann Jaeger, Archie. Him? I've known him since we first saw that marriage license. You see, Jack Hunter is the English translation of our friend's real name back in Germany. Where he comes from, Mr. Johann Jaeger.
7: Oh, what do you know? So you proved nothing. Yeah, I was married to Ilse. That's why I said she couldn't marry anybody else. But I didn't kill her. She was my wife. I loved her... Oliver told us you were insanely jealous of her. What if he did? You know better. Do we? Sure you do. You told yourself over the phone that every word Oliphant said was a lie.
3: Interesting. What is? How you could possibly know what Ilse Dana told me over the phone? I haven't mentioned it to you or anybody else.
7: Oh, well... Well, you see... It...
3: I see most clearly, Mr. Yeager, that you must have been in the apartment with her listening on the extension phone... Oh, you couldn't possibly have that information, and it was only a few minutes after that telephone call that Elsa Dana was smothered to
7: death. And I see it's about time I said good night. Wait a minute, Yeager.
3: Wait. Good work, Archie. I advise you to sit still, Mister Johann Yeager Hunter.
8: I was right. I told you he threatened to kill her. But why?
3: I've only guessed at the story. Reconstructed it, so to say. But I think you and Mr. Young are to be congratulated. On what, sir? On not having won your fair lady. You've always thought of her as a sweet, demure society girl. But actually, she was a vicious person, as bad as the man who killed her, if not worse. She tortured him cruelly for four long years. How can you say that about her? How can you doubt it, Mr. Oliphant? There must have been a great many men in her life. We know at least two definitely, you and Mr. Young. But she was in love with me. She was in love with me. I'm sorry to shatter your illusions, but she was not in love with either of you. She was using you for her purpose. What was her purpose? Tementing the man she married. That was her preoccupation day and night. She delighted in tyrannizing over him. As one might in breaking a bull or taming a wild
7: mustang.
3: Do I come near the truth, Hunter?
7: Yes. Until I couldn't stand it any longer.
3: May I ask then why you married her?
7: Why? Because I couldn't help myself. I crawled for her. I married her on the terms that nobody should ever know I was her husband. She was too good for me, she told me. That to my face, over and over. we belonged to different worlds. But I was crazy about her, so I took it. To what I've taken you wouldn't believe... Oh, I am sure
3: I would, Mr. Hunt. I am a very understanding man. The question is, will a jury believe you? And that we must begin to learn immediately. Archie. Yes, sir. Phone for Inspector Kramer.
1: I've been listening to The New Adventures of Nero Wolf, starring Sydney Greenstreet. Tonight's transcribed story by Peter Perry was based on the famous characters created by Rex Stout. This is an Edwin Fadiman program produced and directed by J. Donald Wilson. In the cast were Herb Ellis as Archie Goodwin and Lee Millar, Marna Keneally, Larry Dobkin, Barney Phillips, and Jerry Hosner. Next week at this same time, Nero Wolfe and Archie will bring you The Case of the Headless Hunter. Don Stanley speaking. And don't forget, this Sunday marks the premiere of The Big Show on NBC. Not just any big show, it's The Big Show. NBC's hour and a half of comedy, music, drama, and the best of each. The Big Show will be heard every Sunday afternoon over most of these stations with Tallulah Bankhead as Mistress of Ceremonies. Your stars for this Sunday's broadcast include Jimmy Doratti, Fred Allen, Ethel Merman, Frankie Lane, Mindy Carson, Meredith Wilson, Danny Thomas, and hosts of others. No wonder it's The Big Show. And Theater Guild on the air this Sunday presents Judy Garland in Miss Alice Adams. So don't forget, Tallulah Bankhead brings you the big show Sunday on NBC. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com.